Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? It's tingling in space. <laughs> to listen to the show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we are talking about Spider-Woman, the 1979 cartoon. And if you would like to follow along, it's very easy to do so because this series is currently available on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it is. And this is a fun one. We're going to space. We are. Uh, I personally, as we record this, am so excited for the movie Moonfall. This has <laughs> nothing to do with it outside of the moon being present, um, but I'm just hyped up on the moon right now. So yeah. uh, imagine my delight uh, in this episode where they go to the moon. Yeah, I think that this episode might have also been maybe not inspired, but like trying to cop on like... Uh, the James Bond movie Moonraker because that came out they the ex- make a reference to the movie in yeah, this episode and this came out the exact same year and like that movie has the Jaws guy mm-hmm. in it like the guy with the steel teeth and there's steel jaw in this so I feel like yeah. like it's weird because it came out the exact same year as this so they would have been like in production at the same time but like they probably everybody probably knew that that was happening you know so um, yeah for sure and yeah. and this is a thing that we're noticing I think about Spider-Woman like we've we've made some observations about what this show is right and and like one of those things is it's sort of inspired a little bit, honestly, more by DC heroes than it is by its namesake hero yeah. in Spider-Man. It's a little bit more inspired by Superman, by Wonder Woman. But then on top of that, it's very international. It likes to to show us other cultures, albeit not always in the most intelligent way, but um, they like to do that. And then also, I think the thing that we're noticing uh, recently is that it likes to reference pop culture. Like, yeah, because it made a King Kong inspired or referential episode it's doing a james bond referential episode and then next week makes very specific references to another movie that came out within months of the episode so like Mm -hmm. it's it's i i really actually love the personality of this tv show and i wish so much that we'd gotten more because i think it has a really clear personality that i Mm -hmm. would not have expected yeah for sure it's interesting because like if it's not going to to do a comic book, a comic book world. Like if it isn't really going to engage with like the Marvel universe Mm -hmm. and it's not really going to do like traditional comic book superhero stuff, then this is kind of a pretty good alternative to that is just like doing movie riffs, which, you know, like in like it's hacky technically, but it's also a stupid cartoon for children in 1979. So like, Go for it, man. Like, I, yeah, I want to see Spider-Woman interact with space and yeah. kaiju and the horror monsters and stuff. Like, why not? 
I don't care if it's hacky at all. I think it's a fun way to to do, it's like doing a genre piece, but one that like everyone gets the references in, you know, like, yeah, I think that's fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, not like Spider-Man was the only cartoon that was doing it at the time either. Yeah. I think it's just fun when you have uh, a cartoon that has such specific source material that like is pretty well known and, 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 and has a lot of like richness to it. And the show is just like, we're not going to bother with that. We don't, well, but she doesn't really, you know, like sure. I think they had an opportunity here to, to really like transform what, well not transform cause there wasn't a ton before it, but like, yeah, they have the world they can pull from, but as far as like Jessica drew spider woman, I don't yeah. know if they had a ton. That's true. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of took advantage of, the almost blank slate they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Well, the episode we're talking about today is Spider-Woman episode nine entitled Shuttle to Disaster. And the synopsis per IMDb is as follows. The Justice Magazine team find themselves on a hijacked space shuttle heading towards the moon where the villain Steeljaw intends to enslave mankind and put it to work digging for valuable gems. Yes. The original air date was November 16th, 1979, written and directed by the same team. We're always talking about the Spider-Woman, not credit. Mm-hmm. to anyone differently yeah and guess who's not credited uh <laughs> properly either is the voice actors for these characters so the main character we're introduced to in this episode is steel jaw uh invented for this show obviously very inspired mm-hmm. by the james bond villain jaws um but i think uh a, i think a cooler take on it but oh, i haven't seen real. moonraker so i don't know i haven't either but also that guy looks like shit though yeah, no, I, I don't. I, yeah, uh, I, I love the design of this dude. I actually thought I was like, he reminds me of someone that I feel like he's a ripoff of, but he's not. He was reminding me of of Trapjaw from He Man. Mm. That's also a dude with like a metal jaw. Mm-hmm. But He Man came after this, so like it wasn't a ripoff. It was just pe- I, Jaws being replaced with metal jaws was just. In the air at the time, I guess. Isn't steel jaw like a phrase? Like you have a steel jaw or a jaw made of steel, like for boxers and stuff? Yeah, I guess so. So So I I could see where like multiple people might be inspired by a similar idea. It makes sense. Yeah, the design of this guy is super simple, but I dig it. He actually has a Mm -hmm. really cool looking, like cool looking sharp teeth and everything down there. The proportions are good. Like it's a good design, dude, that I, and and I love how he uses a steel jaw throughout this episode too, (laughs) because it's all exclusively for extremely mundane things. Yeah. Yeah. And he's another one that I, that I kind of would love to put in the rogues gallery of yeah. bizarre villains that this show and the 60s show has. I'm telling you, I think I'm becoming kind of obsessed with all these like just barely super villains mm-hmm. from this show and from uh, the 80s shows and uh, from 67. Like yeah. it's just they're so fun. And and I, I, I think, you know, even just honestly, even just a few years ago, like having not seen or or exposed myself to as much spider content or comics content as as I am now doing this every week like mm-hmm. I might have thought some of this stuff was like shitty or boring but like now I'm kind of obsessed with it <laughs> yeah like, cuz these... it's like how many times can you see the same thing well guess what this guy isn't the same thing a tiny yeah. guy isn't the same thing <laughs> a tiny like, guy they're, they're sort of mediocre but there's something beautiful in their mediocrity yeah a tiny guy inside of a, a regular guy <laughs> inside of a regular android guy. body it's like <laughs> yeah well i guess the idea that there are these villains that have like one like one thing about them they're not Mm -hmm. they have like one little gimmick that they have but like no origin or backstory or anything interesting about them that makes them fleshed out and that Mm -hmm. and oddly enough like that lack of depth makes them more interesting because they're almost harder to like 
they're harder to really parse and, 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 and the sort of the world is open to them. Like you can do literally anything with these people. Exactly. And part of that's context, right? Like without any argument, green goblin is going to be a better villain than any of these characters we're talking about. Right. Sure. But there's something refreshing about having a character that, and, and it, this is because we talk so much about this stuff, right? There's something refreshing about having a character that you're like, I do not know this man. Like, I do not know this man. I'm not going to learn about this man. So all I can do is just imagine his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with Green Goblin, it's like, which of the hundred stories do I want to choose from? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an abundance of riches for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but there's not a ton of room to imagine uh, with some characters that have been around for 60 years. We get one instance of Steeljaw. We can do whatever we want with him. For sure. <laughs> it's great. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, there aren't really any other characters aside from henchmen, which is going to become a theme, uh, or has been a theme maybe for a few episodes now. Um, mm-hmm. So let's just dive right into this one. Yeah, let's do it. This one opens at a history museum in Washington D.C. I I really think they're they're really confusing us with the D.C. and, and New York stuff so uh-huh. frequently. Yep. It w- I ever since you said I think last two weeks ago, yeah, maybe? it was a, it was a it's been a while now. I okay, think. whenever it was that that. <laughs> briefly you thought that they were in dc or that something clarified that they were in dc i was like i wish they were honestly it would make sense yeah i really wish they were anyway um the episode opens at a history museum in washington dc where two crooks in yellow not green are stealing a bunch of moon rocks and a map of the moon before they manage to walk off with their haul though they find what they think is a statue of spider woman which would be a very funny thing to be in a history museum which they even note they're like i would never would have expected them to have a statue of spider woman <laughs> But of course, it is Spider-Woman, you ding-dongs. <laughs> yeah. And so she quickly makes herself known and she stops the crooks by making, this is so fucking cool, uh-huh. disrespectful, but cool, Yeah. Um, makes a massive puppet out of a dinosaur skeleton with her webbing to like scare them off. So incredibly unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's disrespect, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. Because it's and, such a cool idea. Yeah, I love it. And it's like so extra, but also like... It it ends up kind of biting Spider Woman in the butt because mm-hmm. if she had just webbed them up and left them th- for the police like she normally does, like none of this episode would have happened. But the fact yeah. that she scares them off instead, which I mean, I guess that was her way of being like, well, I've taught them a lesson, so no need for yeah. them to go to prison. Um, which hey, all right, uh, but <laughs> but that's the, because they get away. That, that actually, uh, yeah. you find out that that was kind of part of their plan. Yeah, the beginning of this episode, the way they set everything up is actually like very tight because the other thing that they include that they certainly didn't need to, and I wouldn't expect the show normally to include, is they included that guy walking off to grab a map of the moon. And it turns out that the rocks, which are sort of the flashier item, the thing that she sees them taking, was all a ruse. I mean, they 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 run away because she doesn't, like you said, web them up. And and they like report back to their boss, who turns out to be Steeljaw, and they say like we got the thing we actually wanted, which was the map. She didn't even suspect us. She didn't even know we had it. <laughs> like, yep. And and this show doesn't always show us those little details, right? Like we knew he he grabbed a map, and then they distracted us with action, and then they showed us that they only ever wanted the map, and they've still got it. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I agree. I agree. It's fun <laughs> good job, Spider Woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect this from you, and I still have a good time, so good job. Oh, there's another writing <laughs> thing that I think is actually really smart in this episode that I would have never expected them to do that I'll, mm. that I'll comment on later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one, I think this um, this episode definitely goes off the rails, but not in a way that you wouldn't expect from Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, I think it's actually pretty good. I don't know if it's like the most exciting episode of the show I've watched, but I do think it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's surprisingly well written and like has uh, some real stakes to it that the show often mm-hmm. does. It and it like makes more sense than the show usually does too. Like in terms yeah. of like setup and payoff and stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. From 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 a narrative standpoint, it makes sense, but it makes no sense in all the ways you expect. Yeah, this oh, show. Of to. course. None so of it gives them. you it gives you both, which I is mean, delightful. Consider a cart a, a superhero cartoon in 1979. They go to space. Is any of the space stuff going to make any goddamn sense? Of course not. Hell no. Why would you? Ex- why would you expect it. or want it to? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so these guys have reported back to Steeljaw, who are introduced to very quickly, nice and refreshing after not knowing anything about Mr. Larod or Monsieur Larod uh, <laughs> for the whole episode last week. Uh, but Steeljaw's whole thing, like we said, is he has a steel jaw uh, and he's been monitoring the heist the whole time. So he's kind of like a big boss. <laughs> um, and he says, now that we've got the map, which he says is a mining map, I guess, or a mineral map, rather, uh, they can proceed with Operation Moon Gem. Yeah. Um, jaw like steel jaw like we said james bond reference moon plot space all this stuff obviously james bond reference now i thought though and i knew this wasn't going to be the case but the first thing i thought when they said operation moon gem Mm -hmm. was here's another idea for my my fanfic shelf that i'll never write moon jaw goes to the moon or not moon jaw steel jaw goes to the moon to retrieve moon gem which is how john jameson ends up coming in contact with the gem that turns him into Man-Wolf. <laughs> cool. All right. It's like Moon Gem, Man-Wolf, John Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Some great uh, some some great arc welding uh, for, you know, like, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Good. It's all right there. It's all right there. <laughs> yeah, well, so at Justice Magazine, we see how the uh, Justice Magazine peeps are going to intersect with this plot because Jessica, Jeff, and Billy are just – Casually talk about how, how excited they are to be invited to the space program's very first civilian space flight. It's, Which is certainly totally science fiction, right? They wouldn't just invite random people to go into space for no reason, <laughs> would they? Yep. I mean... Although they have been invited to go into space, which yeah. is better than just buying a billion dollar ticket right. to go to space. And they're also journalists. So like it makes, right. I mean, Billy isn't, but like at least Jessica and Jeff are journalists yeah. at a major magazine that would, they would want, that would give them yeah. like good press probably. So like, much it makes more sense. appropriate. Yeah. And there's no way that in 1979, well, somebody was predicting, I'm sure that mm-hmm. billionaires would buy their way to space, but yeah, it wasn't on everybody's mind. I'm sure. I, I think it's I think it's a kind of a clever way to get them involved though. Like your reporters, hey, mm-hmm. go let's go go to space. And, and and I mean they don't say that they're doing anything intense. Like as I think as far as we're able to tell, they literally were just gonna go up and go into orbit. Mm-hmm. Probably we're just gonna be up there for like a few hours and then touch back down to Earth. It was I mean, it's legitimately only as involved as what people are doing right now. Right. Right. Like they're exactly. going into orbit to say they were in orbit, they spend an hour up there and they come back down. Mm-hmm. That's all they really tell us is going right. on here right which i mean i like it's, it's actually yeah. surprisingly realistic it's like you mm-hmm. know i also like the this little the the nice little scene transition where it like billy's talking about being in space and it looks like his head's in like a space <laughs> helmet he's actually yeah. just like talking behind the fishbowl 
It's really cute. There's yeah. actually a lot of like little details in the scene because also mm-hmm. when Jessica's talking about their space flight, she just happens to be holding a toy space shuttle, like and just like <laughs> using it as a, as a prop while she's talking yeah. about it, studying like, up, you know. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, you know, I mean, normally this show like, reuses the exact same like models of them sitting and standing, yeah. so it's nice when they add little extra details just for the artfulness, just to spice well, things up a little bit. It's a big deal for a cartoon now, even given all the resources we have and better tools we have to have people doing things with their hands that are unnecessary in a scene. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for her to be holding anything. Yeah, it's cute. But uh, but this very first civilian space flight is set to launch from Cape Canaveral, uh, briefly orbit Earth, like we said. Billy is celebrating being the first kid in space. Jessica is celebrating being the first civilian woman in space. And Jeff is like... <laughs> But, but I'm just a white man. No one's celebrating me for anything. Good, good. I love, uh, so I love good. Billy's response. Uh, one, I love that the show does this at all. Mm-hmm. That that they acknowledge the fact that like he's sad because he's not special. Oh, but then the fact that Billy's like, I mean, you could be the first person in space who's not the first anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get it's him, Billy. Really good. It's actually like really. I really like it (laughs) and it really uh, uh, has uh, not aged at all or aged like fine wine, I guess. That's the thing is some (laughs) of the stuff in this show, that's another thing I didn't even mention when I talked about the personality of the show is one of the things that aged the best, honestly, Mm -hmm. like aged, unfortunately, maybe the best is like it's commentary on on uh, society's gender expectations and enforcement. Yeah. I mean, and truly like it is it is wild. But I think now that we're. Nine episodes in, half, like over halfway through the show's entire run, which is tragic. Like, mm-hmm. I know at the beginning, I think we were unsure if the Jeff stuff was intentional, but like we're far enough into it. Be like, yes, yeah. absolutely. Jeff is supposed to suck. You're supposed to think he sucks. And he's supposed to be like the embodiment of like shitty masculinity on purpose. Yep. And I, I very much was worried that we would have a situation where they would sort of be romantically linked. Like, you know how in Amazing Friends, the three of them are all sort of kind of sort of romantically linked sometimes. Some, yeah, right. I kind of thought this show would do the same thing where like sometimes they're on a date and sometimes she's like, Jeff, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was going to be one of those things was like up to the individual writers. Yeah. Um, and it we're again, you said more than halfway through the show and it's never been a thing. No, so Jessica, it's not going to be. Jessica does not like this guy. No. <laughs> Jessica, as far as we, well, no, Jessica's, has Jessica crushed on anybody? Not really. She doesn't have, she ain't got time for men. Yeah. Or women. She ain't got time for love in I was general. Say, well, because I was going to say, like, maybe she's a queer icon, but I was like, maybe she's just an ace icon. Or maybe she's just a busy working boss bitch icon. <laughs> I think she just, when when could she go on a date with anyone ever at any point in time? Never. When she's got she Jeff and Billy tailing her constantly. <laughs> right, right. When would she go on a date? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Literally, when does she sleep? Like, yeah. <laughs> when her robot's working at her desk. Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> I mean, it's there. So I, I yeah. guess that's the only thing that makes sense, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the gang arrives at Cape Canaveral, and as they do, of course, Jessica receives a vision of trouble. She sees a man attempting to steal the space shuttle's cargo, or really honestly just tampering with it, because it's a little bit of a fake out of a vision, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she she's like, okay, well, I got to do something about this. We do get a hilarious like dip outline, like the show... <laughs> Yep. This show knows, and it doesn't try, because she's like, I need my suntan lotion. And Jeff's like, what? <laughs> We're leaving in five minutes. What do you even need that for? It doesn't matter. It's just a funny way to get her out of there. And uh-huh. I honestly, I like 
I would rather it be more absurd like that than just yeah. like, oh, I need to go. Yeah. Like, I love it when it's something stupid. No, I do. Because it's it's like a, it's a point of comedy that you kind of want to expect from every, every episode. It's like literally a recurring gag. Because you do you always have someone being like, Jessica, that's weird. Why? But then they don't follow up on it. And yeah. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> and to me, it's so much clearer that it's like, there's no way in the world that she is being convincingly ditzy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, it's just so absurd. I, I like when it's totally a, like off the wall excuse. But so she dips out, she spider changes and she finds Steeljaw's henchman who, this is weird. They trap her with a forklift and she's like, oh no. I hate, I hate this entire- I'll never get out of this forklift that I'm not attached to or stabbed by or actually pushed up against the wall with. Yeah, this entire sequence what is this? <laughs> sucks. Dude, even before that, when she's sort of fighting him off, she, like the forklift is coming after, coming at her extremely slowly. It's like, mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen Austin Powers, but there's like a joke in the first Austin Powers that is very, very funny because there's like a steamroller like coming, coming at a guy, <laughs> like get out of the way. And the guy just says no for a very long time. And it comes very, very slowly and then just like rolls him over and he had plenty of time to get out of the way. It's really funny. That's exactly what's happening here. He's like coming at her. She's on top of like a crate or whatever. And she's like, oh no, I think I'd better jump. Oh no, my foot is stuck in a cable. And it's <laughs> Why are you doing this to her? Writers? I know. I know. <laughs> Why are you doing this? This is rude. It sucks. It sucks. This I know, episode I was is good in a lot the of the moment ways, that she but... was like, "I better jump." I was like, "Why are you saying this aloud?" <laughs> <laughs> What's about to happen to you? Yeah. Yeah. It sucks too cuz there is actually some like pretty good like I wouldn't say pretty good action, but like pretty good in terms of like finding interesting ways to raise the stakes yeah. uh, and, and give and give Spider-Woman precarious, uh, you know, things to get out of in this exact episode that are mm-hmm. really good. This whole sequence, oof, they really whiffed yeah. it here. <laughs> they, they sure did. Uh, and she realizes it, too, because she's just like, oh, wait, JK, I don't need to be trapped by a forklift. I'm literally <laughs> a superhuman woman, like whatever. So she gets out of that not predicament and decides like, well, they were messing with this cargo. It's probably really important to the mission. I got to get the cargo back to the shuttle. These guys are just going to, I'm just going to have to let them go. And so they do, they run off. But here's where the vision was sort of a fake out because she returns the cargo to the shuttle by driving the forklift, by the way, which is very cute. Um, (laughs) She returns it to the shuttle and it turns out that it was, it was materials for steel jaws operation Anyway, so like they they trick her into thinking that she stopped them uh, stealing moon rocks. And then they also trick her into loading the shuttle with their cargo, (laughs) which I I think it's all fair. Like, I don't think I don't think they're necessarily making a fool of her in a way that they wouldn't make a fool of anybody else. But it's (laughs) it's just like, oh, my gosh, they're really doing it to you. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) The foot thing getting stuck was disrespectful. This I actually think is kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Spider Woman kind of Spider Woman kind of accidentally digs her own grave in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and like completely like oblivious, like with no no awareness that any of this is happening or going wrong. Yeah. So with seconds to launch, Spider Woman, <laughs> Spider changes back to Jessica, just walks right out of the shuttle to launch. They don't have any security screening people or anything. No. 
they're just showing up just uh gets in so they're all everything's going going well it seems like she's there with the rest of the crew with all the civilians but also a few stowaways because it turns out the cargo was Steeljaw himself and his henchmen how which, the fuck did his henchmen get back into these crates i don't like sealed crates because Steeljaw uses his steel jaw to like break the wooden <laughs> crate to let them out yeah, at first, at first, I thought they were different henchmen because one of them is, nothing's ever really off model on this show, but also they do have pretty strict models at the same time. Yeah. So like, it is sort of notable, but like, one of them is way off model. And I was like, oh my God, they're actually different henchmen. This show is so, like, this episode is so on the details, but it's not. It's the same guys. <laughs> it's clarified in the next scene that it's the same guys. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was their plan. They quickly make crates in these past couple episodes. Crates oh. full of people. Oh, yeah, that's so they true. They did that last week, too. With the androids, yeah. Huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, in this case, they uh, they leave the crates. Again, thanks to Steel Jaws, Steel Jaw letting them out, because that's what he uses it for, is to open things. What, what uh, if Steel Jaws henchmen are androids that he bought from Larad? This show is like just seamless like it's just the continuity could have more than one of them is fantastic yeah i think it works anyway. works perfectly i think it's great we're gonna finish this show and be like wow most seamless spider show ever spectacular yeah. watch out yeah yeah <laughs> spider woman like killed it with serialization like years before any of y'all did it was all in the in the fine details uh-huh. yeah yeah so uh, Steeljaw and his henchmen quickly make their way to the cockpit. Use some kind of weird freezeway thing. Freezeway, yeah. Use some kind of weird freeze ray thing that like looks like a giant like flashlight lantern. I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but uses a freezeway. Freeze ray. I cannot say freeze ray. <laughs> uses the freeze ray on the shuttle crew, and uh, then they're like, "All right, well, we're going to drive it now, and we are going to set it straight for the moon." You know what the freeze ray reminded me of that actually really grossed me out? Oh, no. There was what? some there's some sort of like commercial for some sort of like horrific, scammy, unhealthy, like diet pill supplement thing. Uh-huh. And I remember very specifically that like the way that it supposedly worked was by like trapping fat in your body so that your body couldn't absorb it. Uh-huh. And you literally just like shit it out, which is exactly how it works. Because I know someone who used it. It was disgusting. Ew. But the graphic they used was literally like this drug going and like surrounding fat in like a yellow like blob. And then it would just like travel through your body. And I was like, no, he's trapped them in weird little fat blobs. (laughs) Wow. Oh, no, they're little fat blobs floating around in the shuttle getting ready to be shit out the hatch. (laughs) That cannot be healthy, right? Like there's got to be serious negative effects on your digestion. No, it's very bad. It's very bad for you. Yeah. It's not a thing you should do. Good Cannot God. stress enough. This podcast does not endorse. That's, yeah, that's like hor- even just like describing it. That yeah. sounds horrible. It just forces you to shit fat out of your like straight up fat out of Which your. Which is body. yeah, that cannot be good on your digestive system. No, it's very bad. Anyway, um, I'm glad that that was in your head and that we got to have that beautiful conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to think it, so now you do too. Cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. Great, appreciate it. Well, Steel Jaw could chew through the fat with his amazing Steel Jaw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so good one. <laughs> Steeljaw <laughs> announces to the civilian passengers, he's like, By the way, everybody, um, so I hijacked the space shuttle and like we're just gonna go to the moon together. That's what we're doing now. Um, he literally calls it a detour, 
<laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't do the math on this one. I think it's obvious to everyone. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. I mean, they get to the moon in like 10 minutes. I mean, the, the words we just got to not operate on that. They were just going to like breach the atmosphere of the earth. That's all they were planning to do. Look, <laughs> look. go to the moon. Look, the fact, honestly, the little detail that like, there is no gravity on the space shuttle at all. I like when, you know, you see them floating, like that already like shocked me. I just assumed that they would just have everyone Walk walking around. around like it's an airplane. Cause yeah. it would be easier to animate. So like, yeah. I, I, you know what, I, you know, it's fine. Maybe the details for so much of this episode are so good because they knew they were just going to be like, fuck space rules right like blatantly so we gotta we gotta tighten everything else up i mean the entire <laughs> plot is predicated on there just being like diamond and gem mines on the moon so like it's fine it's fine i love it it's fine i think it's great <laughs> i love this show so much yeah it's great i, I cannot i mean they got to get to the moon in a few minutes mm-hmm. because how else could we have the episode yeah I still uh, think someday we should try to write an episode of the show. Yeah, I think that's a maybe for a spider idea. bite. You and I can try to improv an episode of the show. Yeah, or April Fools. Oh, no one heard that. Nope. Um. So yeah, so the detour to the moon. There's this one guy. One of because the, there are civil other civilians other than Jessica, Jeff, and Billy on this flight. And there's one guy who's just like, the moon. Oh no, we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why is that? I mean, the one guy on the ship who realizes that they will be lost in space because there's not enough fuel to get to the moon, is that his concern? I don't know. I don't Is that no, what he's upset about? There's definitely enough fuel because they do get back. Like No, I know. At the end of it, so. But he probably assumes like the rest of us that there isn't. Right. Right. <laughs> he, you know, he's 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 the one from our universe who somehow found himself in a comic book reality. Yeah, yeah. It's He's like, not used to the, the the rules of Looney Tune Land yet. What is happening? I, <laughs> what we're what? We're going to the moon. We're gonna die. How is this man's metal jaw moving? <laughs> how is he? How can he talk? Does he have a tongue? I can don't... actually. Can we speak about the way he speaks for just a moment? Sure. Because it's so clear that the actor or director like recognize that this man shouldn't be able to talk normally like the rest of us. And gave some kind of direction or had some ideation of that. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to really make that make sense. Sure. So it just ends up being this sort of like awkward, slowed down speech that isn't anything. It's not anything. It's not robot. It's not human. It's not an accent. It's just like this weird sort of like stilted speech. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Like, is that what having a steel jaw is to you? They should have like <laughs> added some kind of like reverberation or like tinny sound to it. Like it wouldn't have been like realistic or whatever obviously, but it's like some kind of just like quick little vocal effect. I guess it's not yeah. as easy to do that at the time. Like it's not like you could just go on the computer and add a vocal filter. So like they would have had to do some foley work or whatever, which would have been too hard. So sure. but uh, yeah, they they definitely went with like like you should have either not tried to do anything and just made him sound normal that part or like right there. <laughs> yeah, what I don't know. It's I think they were like, well, he can't talk normal, right? So don't talk normal. Yeah. What does he sound like though? I don't know. <laughs> like it yeah. felt like that. <laughs> and really, like all of the vocal performances on the villains for this show. If I have like one criticism, only one criticism for this entire show. Yeah, um, it's the only one. Is that like. The villains are all like we love the villains to death and everything, but like there has not been a single villain that's had a voice actor that has stood out at all. They're all just no angry. It's afterthoughts. They're all afterthoughts. Yeah, (laughs) the actual like direction of their performance or just their performance is like 
absolutely an afterthought yeah there's nothing just be a bad guy just sound like a bad guy exactly there's nothing fun like nobody's doing like a green <laughs> goblin type of voice or anything mm-hmm. everybody's just like angry gangster but not even like fun 40s gangster it's just like oh i'm robbing you now <laughs> i'm a yeah, villain exactly. yeah yep. <laughs> yep yep well anyway jessica's spider changes to uh confront steel jaw in the cockpit hearing that they're being they're going on a detour to the moon uh but unfortunately steel steel jaw gets the jump on her sends her out of the airlock uh did we miss the part yes no because this is where the way that jessica spider changes in the first place Mm -hmm. is by like she because she's you know in in the seat with the other civilians so she's like i know how i can get out of this and there's like an eject lever on her chair that takes her into the cargo bay. It's yeah. It's yeah. Like the chairs are like on a track, which first of all, I mean, I'm just going to assume that I guess the justice magazine crew have been like briefed on how like the, the, the ship works in the same way that like airplane people tell you airplane (laughs) people tell you, you know, how to operate your, your stuff on an airplane. Right. So like, I'm assuming that like, cause my first thought is like, if you see an eject button on your, chair in a space shuttle i'm assuming you're going to be ejected into space but i'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that she was briefed on how that works then there's still the question of like so the eject button is to just send you into the cargo bay on a track why is that it's like a little little track it's so funny uh yeah i love that (laughs) (laughs) and of course she's seated behind everybody so no one notices yeah yeah it's great yeah or no it's not i wrote it down it's not an eject button it's an emergency seat release nothing about what happens oh. screams release at all though no it definitely i mean the this could be an animation thing right but like the way it's animated at least is that it's just on a track and goes straight for the cargo bay i would like to imagine that she's like steering this thing like she's like uh like go-karting it backwards like into the cargo bay when no one's looking okay <laughs> I guess I feel better about that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it still doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Whatever. <laughs> Gets her out of uh, out of sight so she can change into Spider-Woman. So she does, goes to Steel Jaw, like we said, uh, and gets sent out of the airlock, which is, like, terrifying. Horrific. Horrific. Like, they have a nice little beat where she's like, better grab a helmet that just happens to be here so she's at least wearing like a helmet with a little pack that i'm assuming is funneling oxygen or whatever and it doesn't need a full space suit like the rest her spider woman yeah. suit is like fully vacuum fully, sealed fully vacuum sealed yeah so that's all fine um <laughs> but she is floating just floating in space yeah which she's is, got that uh she's got that iron spider material you know yeah right exactly <laughs> this is like the one of those things though where it's like oh shit they are like utilizing the stakes of being in space though because like be, just being floating in the vacuum of space is terrifying yeah. and um, she just floats there she just yeah. for like a, for a full like couple seconds she's yeah. just like shit i'm in space right what do i do like and and you see the shuttle fly off away from her yeah, so she like, can't just web to it or whatever. Which is one of the most terrifying things ever. Like, <laughs> it's right. just like, oh, I got left behind in space. Yep, it's a nightmare. True okay. nightmare. <laughs> well, luckily, she realizes or attempts and, and turns out to be right uh, that she can propel herself with her Venom Blast. This Venom Blast is going to drive me bananas so what is it what is it whatever (laughs) what is it in this case it can propel her it has some sort of physical but like 
whatever. Whatever. She's propelling herself <laughs> with her venom blast. <laughs> I'll have more questions next week, I think. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh boy. So she this works, right? And she reaches the shuttle just as it is reaching the moon. <laughs> they must have been real close. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, allowing her to spider change back in time for the landing. So she gets to the shuttle before it lands. She's on the shuttle as it lands, which yeah. Great timing. Um, As she's reuniting with Jeff and Billy in spacesuits, they appear none the wiser. uh, And the henchman is basically like, hey, everybody, you're going to need those spacesuits. Which, can I just say, one of my favorite lines of this episode is when they instruct them all to put spacesuits on. Jeff says, an unplanned trip to the moon is one thing, but this has gone too far. (laughs) Just being asked to put on spacesuits is what's too far. Not the whole hijacking in space to the moon like the now, space suit thing is what what has gone too far he doesn't even know what they're being told to do yet like <laughs> now can i propose that because it's jeff it sounds stupid but it might be brilliant and the writers might know that they have officially gone too far like with the fact that there are just enough spacesuits oh. that they're going to the moon they're all just going to be walking around <laughs> it's true it's like, yeah could it be that? More of a meta acknowledgement that it's like, yeah, yeah this is stupid and is ridiculous. This, is this commentary know? on itself? <laughs> I, I, I really do think the writers of this show are actually pretty smart and probably smarter yeah. than we give them credit for. Just given like I the little details. I think they're smarter than we give them credit for. I don't think they always use how smart they are. <laughs> no, for sure. But I, I think that there's a certain self-awareness as a show yeah. that I never would have expected. And like, you know, but we've talked about ad nauseum, like the commentary on, on the characters' roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that makes me... Makes me more more believe than I would say, you know, the the eighty one show or Amazing Friends or, or the sixty seven show that they really are like fully aware of what they're doing in this case. Yeah, it's Jeff though. So in universe, he's being an idiot. Yeah, it's like really Jeff. This is your line. Is having to change your it. clothes? Okay, you have to wear an ugly spacesuit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I also just think it's so funny that they have these spacesuits. I know. Like, yeah. what if 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 your trip went wrong, you're all dying anyway. Like, you're not getting into spacesuits and floating in space and coming back down to Earth. I don't know. Why are do there th- that many spacesuits? Do you think that on any like civilian flights, like in real life, do they just have them as a safety measure, like in the same way that you have like life jackets on an airplane? I mean, if they do, they're not like spacewalk suits. Like, what would they even be? Oh, that's true because it would take so long to get into one yeah. in real life anyway. Like, it's not I like think an you're emergency. Just fucked. I think if it goes that. wrong, you're just fucked. Yeah. Huh. I don't think there's a gravity situation going on in any real world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and in gravity, aren't they actually astronauts? It's not like they're civilians. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, so, they're actually astronauts. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference there. <laughs> Huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I want to rewatch that movie. I, I, I only saw it the one time. I've never seen it. Yeah. Never seen it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about it the second time, but I was I was there with everybody else just being like, oh, my God. I'm, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm just There's I a think, shock value to it for sure. Well, and I was bummed that I missed seeing it in theaters. And it's sort of like it's never going to have the same effect. Sure. That's fair, yeah. than it would have in theaters. And I think that's maybe like less interested to watch it. I, I still mean, should at some point, though. I guess you'll just have to see Moonfall instead. <laughs> yeah. Same. same <laughs> exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah, the same. exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah, yoy. Well, they're all in spacesuits now, so that's nice. Yeah, so that's okay. <laughs> spacesuits that that keep them good for hours. By the way, I don't know how long a spacewalk actually lasts. Look, um, come on, maybe hours. I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody tell. I genuinely don't know that much about 
about uh, spacewalks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But I sure. don't think that like Apollo 11's crew was on the moon for hours. I feel like, didn't they just like go out there? Oh no, because they played golf, didn't they? I don't know. There also wasn't a civilian shuttle that could go to the moon in 10 minutes in 1979 <laughs> either. So true. That's true. I think the laws that we're operating <laughs> under are a little bit different than Fair. reality. Fair. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian, and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Well, speaking of Apollo 11, like I said, hours later, after they've been mining for hours and decide that that's enough... They've been mining for, enough. mining for longer than it took them to get to the moon. <laughs> yeah. And can you imagine how hard that would be in reduced gravity? Like, you don't yeah. have the same amount of, like, force and momentum, I would assume. They don't portray the the gravity as being any different, though. Like, it That's seems true. like in this universe, they're operating under, like, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere. They need to have a spacesuit on, but they're all just walking That's, like it's normal Earth. Yeah, gravity. they just run around like, like they would on Earth. That's a yeah. good point. Okay, fair enough. So they've been mining for hours without any additional challenges and decide this is too much. So the Justice Magazine crew hatch a plan to escape using old radio equipment when Jessica receives a vision of the Eagle module from the Apollo 11 landing site, which I think is actually I love it. a very cool idea. And this Super is something, cool. I'm going to be totally honest, I didn't know this until maybe like some point, like five years ago at the earliest, I did not realize how much shit is just on the moon. I yeah. never thought about it before. Yeah. But like, if you think about it, because they they also don't really want you to think about it, but if you think about it, when they go up there or when they used to go up there and they would land, they're not bringing everything back. Right. That makes yeah. the space flight so much harder. So they just they just leave shit there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think it's really fun that this episode utilizes the fact that there's just a bunch of shit on the moon uh, and uses it to its advantage. <laughs> yeah. And, and acknowledge the fact that it's been sitting there for years, too. Uh-huh. So like, yeah. Yeah. It's actually yeah. really smart. I, I I really like it. I love it. I love it. So she sees a vision of this this landing gear. Uh, I don't know if there's radio equipment on that, but their their plan is to to see if they can use any sort of radio equipment to call back to Earth or whatever and, and let somebody know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're discovered as they're running away. Um, another detail, actually. I know that I'm like struggling to get through one sentence here, but there's so many little details. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to flesh this out a little bit more. Okay. They decide to run away. Right. And they, they don't just book it. They actually try to like stealth away and they try to like sneak away. And there's this one thing they super didn't need to include at all. But at one point to see if anybody's paying attention to them, 
Billy like intentionally knocks stuff off of a cart. And when nobody responds or pays any attention, they're like, okay, we're clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did they even include that? It's such a, I mean, I love it because it's, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense and it's clever, but it's such a tiny detail they did not need to include. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. Anyway. Yeah, it's good. Th- so they get a decent amount away, right? Like they're able to get to the point where they're running, but there's nothing on the moon. So like they get discovered very quickly. They're going to have to go very far for no one to see them. And so Steeljaw and <laughs> one of his henchmen chase them in a truck. Like, I don't know how there's even a truck on the Fuck. moon, Whatever. by the way. <laughs> Why but are there mines? The there are built mine structures on the moon. This <laughs> true, is what the, uh, Apollo Eleven was doing when they went up there. They weren't just trying to walk; they were also trying to get a bunch of riches. <laughs> well, some people will have you believe that we never stopped, and that there were many more Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. Um, although this would this would predate those. Some uh, people would have you believe that there was never an Apollo mission in the first place, and it was all it was all well. Too, so look, those people are wrong. The other people who say maybe there were more. We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he has a truck that has his face on it with a working metal jaw, which is hilarious. Good icon. Love it. Perfect. Steel jaw rules. Great. Amazing. Look, he he can't hide the fact that he's a steel jaw anyway. You may as well fully embrace it. Yeah. It's his like, he's like, this is my brand. I'm going to make everyone Uh know that I am. And you know what? Uh, I, it's hard to forget who he is. He's, and I will like uh, plenty of, plenty of villain names. Hard to remember as much mm-hmm. as I love tiny guy, Jacques Leroux. That's his name, right? I'm going to forget. Lerod. Lerod. <laughs> exactly. See, that's, I remember because it means him being, nothing. Why I'll, is his name? Lerod? Right. I'll remember him being tiny guy, but that name's not steel jaw. That will be imprinted yep. on my brain forever. Yep. Now imagine if you will, a full page illustrate like comic book illustration of this steel jawed truck rolling up to a superhero like who's in the sort of like foreground you see their back looking up at this massive steel jawed truck and just being like oh shit uh-huh it would be cool in comics too yeah. it would be just as ridiculous but also cool for real for real <laughs> i'm telling you i want some of these these characters brought over even if it's just for like one appearance be the change you want to see in the world doug i have a lot of work to go (laughs) (laughs) where even oh that's right he has a truck so they're being chased by this truck and despite that they do manage to make it to the apollo landing site where they find a lunar rover which is also great because Mm -hmm. i think I think Jessica specifically calls out the Apollo site as the Apollo 11 site, right? Or did I fill in that blank? I don't remember if she specifies or not, actually, now that I think about it. Well, if she does, if it is meant to be the Apollo 11 site, they didn't have a lunar rover. That's, like, from later. So these are, like, different pieces of, like, left-behind equipment Hmm. from, like, different missions, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's really neat. Okay. I love it. I don't know if they were even thinking that specifically about it. I just, they probably were just like, well, there's shit up there, and one of those things is a rover. Yeah. The lunar Uh, rover is kind of of iconic, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of fun. So they hop in an abandoned lunar rover. But the thing I love about it is that, like, the battery's dead. Like, it can't start. Of course. (laughs) And Billy's even like, well, this is what's interesting, is that Billy calls out, like, um... So, uh, cause he's, he's like, Oh, the thing is, we have, nobody's used it in like eight years. So when is this, when is this one supposed to be from? Because the moon landing oh, was eight years. Yeah. He says eight years. Moon landing was 69. This is 79. Well, this episode Apollo... couldn't have been produced two years before it came out. Right. So 
Well, the lunar, I did look up which missions used lunar rovers, and I think it was 15, 16, and 17. Okay. And it looks like 15 happened in 71. Okay, well, then that's perfect. Yeah, that's eight years. Oh, my God. They did their research. Yeah, that is exactly perfect. Holy shit. Yeah, cool. So that's a specific reference to Apollo 15, not just random shit on the moon. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. And I love that Billy knows that off the top of his head. Like, yeah, that was eight years ago that yeah. uh, that this lunar rover was here. No one's used it in eight years. It's just been sitting on the moon to yeah. rot. So, of course, the battery is going to be dead, guys. Oh, that's <laughs> Which, so much fun. Yeah. This episode's really, like, really good in really interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. And also, as can't forget that uh, Jessica's Venom Blast is just totally OP and can do anything. Although this makes way more sense <laughs> for what we've it, This makes more sense than it propelling her because we know that it, her Venom Blast is like some kind of electri- electricity. Uh, so she's able to sort of charge the battery with her Venom Blast so they right. can start it up. So, right. Yeah. I don't, I think that that's actually pretty cool. Like that's something that they would do with Miles now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing you do with Miles in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Is like jumpstart things. Yeah, totally. Very cool. It, I actually am still, I'm still kind of like in awe of the fact that she had something in this show specifically called a Venom Blast. I know, it's wild. I mean, that mean, his Venom Blast has to be a reference to that, right? Or is that something that they've carried through in other superhero, like I other know. spider heroes? And then it was, he sort of adopted it from a lineage of Venom Blasters. It would be really cool if it was just a reference to Jessica Drew. It would be really cool. I don't know. Well, it does work, right? Like, it, it does exactly what you would expect. And so they sort of whiz off, kicking off a brief chase. <laughs> I, I don't know that I needed a longer one, but I kind of wanted a longer one just because it would have been funny. But that's a different show. They're not going to do, like, a full-on, like, through the craters of the moon chase mm-hmm. uh, on this show. But here's what's wild about this. It <laughs> yeah. ends with two things happening. One of them is the the rover does get caught. Like, it gets caught by the truck with the jaws, right? But before that even happens, Jeff t- takes a wild turn, and it flings Jessica off of the <laughs> rover and into a fucking moon canyon. <laughs> and what's great, too, is and that... And he barely reacts. No! No! If at all. I don't but, even remember. But Billy does. He's like, Aunt Jessica fell, and Jeff's like... Oh no! Like, <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. barely. Like, Steeljaw has has a bigger reaction than they do because he's like, <laughs> oh, "Your girlfriend's dead." Yeah. What's really funny to me is that, like, like I said, this entire stuff on the moon has been like played like it's Earth gravity, mm-hmm. except for this one sequence because her getting thrown out. The way that it's animated, <laughs> animated does look like she's being oh, yeah. thrown off in like zero gravity or whatever. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, she doesn't just like tumble off the side of this thing. She, she like floats. flies. She floats and flies yeah. out very far and then into <laughs> just into darkness. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Um, you know something we don't ever see in this episode uh-huh. is her like aside from from crawling on the side of the shuttle, we don't see her like web crawl up the side of this canyon or like in the mines or anything. There's like very little. I guess she compared to Spider Man does way less in the way of wall crawling to begin with. Just in general, yeah. It would have been cool to see her climb up this canyon. Would have been cool. Uh, I guess if only to see if she could do it. Yeah. Instead. She just leaves. <laughs> like she's, yeah, well, of course. <laughs> she turns back into Spider-Woman. <laughs> she's like, well, guess I'll head back to the uh, mining site. I mean, it's also unclear still if she can, like, fly. Yeah. I mean, she can't fly, fly. She we can know that she can't, like, fly, fly. She can definitely glide, but they're the... 
She like what, super glides though. Right. Like that's it's, but it, it, I think it, it's inconsistent. Sometimes yeah. she can do more. She can do more flying than gliding. And then other times she can't <laughs> at all. She can't even jump like, yeah. Oh no, I'm in a pit. I'm, well, I'm stuck. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Well, at the mining site, she engages one of Steeljaw's tanks, because he also has tanks, uh, in a battle of the beams. His mining laser versus her venom blast The show beam. loves beams. It really does. <laughs> we haven't even seen the half of it. Nope. Beams everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, having used so much of her venom blast in this episode so far, which I like and uh, have a complained great detail. about in the past. It's a good detail. It's a great detail, and it doesn't really come back, I don't think, in this episode. Mm-mm. No, like, I mean, she literally used her Venom Blast to fly to the moon. So mm-hmm. And recharge a, a vehicle's battery. <laughs> right, right. Yep. <laughs> I love it. It's a thing that we've noted before is like, if you're going to say that she's running out of Venom Blast, just follow through or don't say it. Yeah. And this time they say it and they follow through. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So she depletes a, a whole bunch of her Venom Blast, right? So she loses the Battle of the Beams and is forced into one of the mining caves that Steeljaw ultimately seals off. Here's something cool. This is where it pays off. This is where they follow through. Inside, she realizes, like, oh, I'm, like, legit out of Venom power. Like, I can't, like, blast my way out of this. So instead, because there are diamonds and gems on the moon, she grabs a diamond and makes a, quote, diamond web wheel Uh to saw her way out of this cave. Look, you know what? Set up and pay off, man. You set up Uh that there's diamonds on the moon. Pay off is that she uses the diamonds to carve her way out. Chekhov's diamond mining colony on the moon. Really, like, honestly, kind of brilliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it really is. Like, it. This show often has a problem of establishing something very late in the episode and then using it and then patting itself on the back for doing it. You mm. know what I mean? Or sometimes just using stuff that they is never explained or set up at all. Oh. I'd rather the the latter than the former. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather it's just bonkers out of nowhere than like, isn't it clever that we just used this thing we established 21 episodes, like minutes into this episode? Yeah. No, no. Establish it 20 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> right. Make us forget you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, because like in this case, the the diamonds are already like such a like a plot device, right? Like you mm-hmm. kind of are like it's that's all the, about being there for the diamonds. Right, that's the MacGuffin. That's that is the role that the diamonds are. So like that's enough. You wouldn't need there to be any other reason for the diamonds to exist because that's all reason the story exists. So to then sort of use that to then like turn the tables on the villain essentially because mm-hmm. this is how she like gets out and then defeats them. Like that's really good writing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really the really good storytelling. The only thing that would have made it better. Is if there was a beat between her getting out of the cave and what happens next, where she uses the diamond more, like t- not just to escape or free herself, which is totally good enough. Like that's yeah. payoff. But it would have been even cooler if she does use this new weapon, essentially, oh, <laughs> like, so cool to her advantage. Yeah, I don't know what that weapon is called. It's it's definitely a thing where you have like uh, either a chain or a rope with a weight on one end, and typically I think it has like a dagger or something on the other. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's yes. cool as shit, and I have no idea what it is. Oh my god, what is that called? <sighs> no clue. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of it's like a variation of a mace. I feel like you know, I yeah. guess, but it's it's not in a the mace. family. Yeah, huh. you know? it's yeah. a little bit like nunchuck, a little bit mace, mm. a little bit whip. <laughs> it's a little all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know if I ever knew what the name of it is, but I know what I, you're talking about. I don't think I ever did, to be yeah. honest. But yeah. it's cool. 
Let us know it. what it is because I don't even know how to search for this. So I don't either. There <laughs> might be one in Shang Chi. That might be a lead. Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, we unfortunately don't get to see her fight with this cool new wep- diamond weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, when she gets out, she sees that the shuttle is taking off without her, which is horrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Frightening. Luckily, she has experience chasing after shuttles, and luckily. She has the ability to create the greatest web slingshot anyone has ever made in the entire Spider Universe because it fucking launches her into lunar orbit. It's strong enough on this version of the moon that has normal gravity to launch her into orbit. (laughs) In when I saw that, I was so happy for you because I knew that that was just going to warm your heart. There are two things I love most when it comes to doing tricks with webs. One is a parachute, and the other is a fucking slingshot. Anytime a spider person launches themselves with a slingshot, I lose my shit. I'm losing my shit right now. I'm getting goosebumps all over again, Mm -hmm. legitimately, because it's so cool. (laughs) Into lunar orbit. She launches herself out of the atmosphere. She launches herself out of the atmosphere. (laughs) It's incredible. Oh my god, like out of the standard pole of gravity of this like minor planetoid. Yeah. Ridiculous. Incredible. Ridiculous. Incredible. Fucking I, so cool. I like that there's an entire bullet point that you put in these notes that just is the two words icon behavior. Cuz it is. It is <laughs> like the, we needed to stop down to praise this behavior. Yeah, man. Of course. I, find me and if it exists, I will love it just as much. But find me any spider person who has launched themselves into space with a with a web slingshot. Pretty easily, I bet you too. it's not been done. It it wasn't like this. Like she was very <laughs> certain that she could do this. She was just like, I yeah. seem to create a slingshot, and then I'm in lunar yeah. orbit. I mean, if you think about it, all the web slingshots we tend to see, especially in like movies and stuff, are just like two or maybe like a couple reinforced strands that typically Peter pulls himself with. This was like, she made a full, huge, like thick ass, like rubber band slingshot. It's great. Which means she's also strong as fuck. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, that was unquestionable. Yeah. Except when she's facing a forklift. But other than that, (laughs) maybe she has a fear of forklifts. Like she has a fear (laughs) of spiders. Yeah. I just I just think it's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's, it's so cool. I love it so much. You yeah. even tweeted about it. Like, that's how cool it was. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I just can't. I just want to imagine, like, Joan Van Ark, like, saying those lines. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what the wording is. It's on my Twitter. I like, think it's just, like, I'll use my web slingshot to launch myself into lunar orbit or something. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very simple and straightforward, yeah. but absolutely absurd. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. I love it. And it's it. just like, here, Joan, here, here's the lines you're going to say today. And she's just like, all right, I'm going to kill it because I'm always good in my role. She's a fucking professional <laughs> is what great. she is. She's always so good in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, she does successfully slingshot herself into space and onto the departing shuttle, which, by the way, incredible aim uh, as well. She is unfortunately discovered by Steeljaw because she's just like hanging on to the side of the shuttle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else she's going to do. <laughs> And his solution is to shake her off, which seems like a thing you shouldn't do on any flying vehicle, uh, but seems even more ill-advised in space on a shuttle. But okay, Steeljaw, go off. This is wild. Maybe one of the more wild things that this show does. Yeah. Her solution is to use her webs to like set the shuttle's path because I I guess it has like (laughs) 
rudders? <laughs> I guess is that I don't know how I really don't know how space travel works. So maybe I don't know. I mean, I guess I it would have to. It has to create resistance somehow, but like is can you create resistance in space? I don't like how does a shuttle? How does a shuttle make minor adjustments? It would. It wouldn't be resistance. It wouldn't it be. I think it's just the thrusters. The little, like, I think it's the thrusters. Di- yeah, the, the direction little, like, of the thrusters. Things you see on like sci-fi spacesuits. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the direction of the thrusters. That's how you like set your coordinates or whatever and drive it. I, I don't know, but like I don't know. I don't think it's rudders. It doesn't. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't know if they even show it, rudders, but it kind of implies that she's like. No, I think that's exactly something what she place. does. I think oh, it's literally. It actual, I, think, like, I think it is actually. What is it called on a plane? They're probably not rudders. Maybe they are. I don't know. But y'all know you what know we're those things. The little flap, the little flappy the dudes. Back. Yeah, <laughs> and also the fact that she's like, I know exactly how to set it on the right course to Earth. Like this is a thing that I'm educated uh-huh. in, <laughs> and not even just Earth. Like pinpoints specifically. <laughs> to an army base like that's her whole thing is like i'm not just going to make sure this goes where i want it to it's going to go directly to an army base so that when we land Steeljaw and his cronies are arrested on site yeah so where okay what was their plan originally were they leaving to go back to earth and just go to a place where they could be hidden or were they like just gonna so. stay in space somewhere like well this is what's weird right because space shuttles are planes like they have to land like a plane lands mm-hmm. so like they would have to make an unplanned landing somewhere else, which is possible with a plane. It would be easier to do with a shuttle than like one of those little capsules that drops with a parachute. That's true. And I guess like you don't, we don't know wh- who on the ground he still has. So maybe true. he does actually have a runway and everything like, yeah, he's probably got us. a guy, right? Yeah. In another country or something. He's teamed up with a, <laughs> when did Amelia Earhart go missing? Um, uh, that's I, where she's been. She's teamed up with Steeljaw, and they're taking like over a, the world. The thirties, or maybe even the twenties. Like it wasn't. She recent. was young. She's a <laughs> badass old lady now. That's true. That's true. Why? Wait. Why did you go? To, why did your brain go to Amelia Earhart just now? Actually, that's such a weird pull. <laughs> I honestly don't have an explanation. <laughs> it didn't come from anywhere. <laughs> I guess like we did have the Bermuda Triangle think of air flight a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it's weird that Amelia Earhart wasn't referenced in that episode. So yeah. We're finally calling back to it. Yeah. I also think about Amelia Earhart a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just think it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Have you, this is such a tangent, but this episode's pretty short, so it's fine. We're almost yeah. done. Um, have you seen uh, whatever the Night at the Museum movie was that has Amy Adams playing Amelia Earhart? No, I've actually never seen any of those movies, despite hearing like good things about yeah. them and the folks that are in them. And I didn't even realize Amy Adams played her. That's actually a huge incentive to watch and that she movie. She has a really good. <laughs> I think it's the second one. I think I could be mistaken. I don't remember, and I, I don't. I don't think I saw all of them. I know I feelie saw the first two. She's mm-hmm. in one of them. Um, whatever one she's in. She actually has like a really, really beautiful arc in oh. that movie. It's actually real. Like she's like an important, like a major character, and it's really good. So huh. I think it's the second one because I don't think she's in the first one. But I, I like her a lot in it. I, I don't. I should clarify. I don't necessarily know a lot about Amelia Earhart. I should learn more about Amelia Earhart to justify how much I think about Amelia Earhart. But you know how like some people are fascinated by unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. I'm typically not. But the one is like every once in a while I'll be doing something and just think like. Where'd she go, though? Yeah. Like, how'd she just disappear? Well, and I think there's also just some interesting, cool, there's some coolness to the fact that, like, she was a woman doing something pretty daring in a time where, like, women didn't have a lot of opportunities to do that. So, like, to to have such, like, this badass, like, woman doing this cool-ass thing and then just disappear. Right. She was already famous for doing the thing she was doing. Right. 
Right. Like it's, it's, it is such an interesting story and she seems like just such an interesting person, even separate from the disappearance Mm -hmm. aspect of it. You know, like I think she already would have been in history books, even if she hadn't disappeared, like if Mm -hmm. everything went fine, you know? Yeah. I just want to know where she went. Yeah. And y'all don't need to send me theories. I've seen them all. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) speaking of icons and icons. For real. Uh, we're actually not speaking of icons because the first thing that we see when we get to the army base uh, is Steeljaw, an army general, and Billy and Jeff. So no icons <laughs> present, except I guess Steeljaw maybe. Well, Steeljaw is verging on being an icon. He's iconic in a way. Yeah. You know? Sure. <laughs> Unforgettable at the very least. Oh, of course. <laughs> so the army base does, the, that plan works for her. They land at an army base. He and his henchmen are taken into custody. But then like pretty immediately after that, Billy and Jeff like run up to the general and they're like, um, our friend is stuck on the moon. <laughs> um, can you send another shuttle up there to go get her, please? <laughs> oh boy. Which is amazing all on its own. Yeah. That's just a funny, hilarious thing for them to have to say. Uh, even though I'm sure they're devastated. <laughs> but what's even better is that Jessica is totally fine and is just like hanging out in a minecart full of diamonds, waiting for the moment she passes them so she can pop out like a stripper in a cake um, and say, JK, I'm fine, and offer no explanation. It's great. Just a joke about diamonds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jessica, how did you survive like being thrown into a canyon on the moon? I, it's, it's all fine. It's good. I just, I just, I just found my way back. It's, it's all fine. Well, okay. Billy gets it. Billy knows. Yeah. And all Jeff needs is, <laughs> you wouldn't understand, Jeff. And he'd be <laughs> yeah. like, oh, women. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, she is like diamonds are a girl's best friend. He's mm-hmm. like, oh. Oh, women and their diamonds. She just wants to buy <laughs> diamonds and jewelry and shoes. Yeah. Oh, women. Which, honestly, they established earlier in the episode, too, as something that he would brush off as silly behavior. Ooh, that's true. So it's like, again, consistency. She just uses something that already worked on him. Yeah, like she literally like <laughs> jokes about like like when they're being like mining slaves on the moon. Yep. She's like, eh, it's not all bad. And it's like, I've got a cool, beautiful ruby that I can turn into a ring if I want to. Mm-hmm. And Jeff's just like, all right, well, fine, Jessica. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So good. <laughs> you said episode's oh, good it is and actually this is the other the writing thing that i referenced that i think is really well oh, yeah, done. yeah yeah so i would have never expected this episode to do it and unless i miss something the only characters who ever interact with spider woman in space are the villains so there's no civilians questioning Yo. why spider woman is on the shuttle with them and therefore no weirdness we have to be like oh well they obviously should have made the connection that it's jessica because no one else other than the villains ever see spider woman on the moon i'm so glad you said that because the moment she spider changed in space the first time i was like here we go with it not that it ever matters but here we go with another story where it should be so obvious to billy and jeff that she is spider woman but that's such a good detail. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And I didn't even think of that. Intentional because like there, there would have yeah. been plenty of opportunities for them to witness it, but she's always kind of kept on the sidelines in some oh, way or they're, man. they're, they're off screen when she shows up and everything. So they this never episode interact. is so good. And like for good reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's like a so really good, good episode. It's I not, was really worried when when I heard we were getting like a going into space episode because I was like, this should be cool. And sometimes they like dinosaurs should have been cool. Yeah, this should be cool. What's going to happen? Yeah, this I is actually like good. 
often with this show, I feel like it was a trend of like every other episode was like not necessarily a dud, but like like a crazy episode, and then a sort of like okay episode. Yeah. It sort of seemed like, and uh, but nope, this is this is this was good. It was it was different. This isn't the wackiest. It wasn't the wackiest episode. It's not good in the way that last week's was. But yeah, I'm not like losing my absolute shit watching this episode. Yeah, it's more of a slow burn where like the more you. It's it's the opposite of a lot of other ones. Outside of the fact that that none of the space stuff follows rules, which they establish immediately, so you just have to get on board, right? Mm-hmm. Other than that, the more you think about this episode, the more it makes sense, which is not a thing this show typically does. <laughs> nope. Typically, the more you think about it, the more it hurts. Mm-hmm. Nope. This one's pretty well done. Good. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. this is this is a good episode. Uh-huh. I, I it it's not going to be my favorite episode, that's for sure. But sure. I think if we were going purely on like just episodes of television, like something that somebody wrote, this is very up there. It might be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this very, is really well done. Yeah, there just there <laughs> aren't there really aren't like holes in it in the way that the show ever like, yeah. always has. You know that you yeah. kind of expect. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. I will say there's like no question that just like. Steel Jaw in general is one of the faces of the episode. His whole face, his whole thing, everything Good. about him. Yeah, he is. He is the face of the episode. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Yeah, he is the face of the episode, serving face. Um, also, like it's he's he's not just a standard guy model for this show. Plus Steel Jaw, like his whole face is specifically designed to be Steel Jaw. Like, yeah, he looks different. If you just gave him a regular person's jaw he still wouldn't just look like a different version of jeff which some characters often do look like yeah well they they give him a face that where it would make sense to like look good to have a really long jaw like they sort of draw mm-hmm. the way his like his head and everything is and his features are yeah so that like having this extended like, literal extended steel jaw like actually suits his facial structure really nicely yeah creepy guy yeah it's good i love how sharp his teeth are it's great it's a very mm-hmm. it's like simple but it's good it's like good in its simplicity Man, I wish he lasted longer because he would be such a funny and fun type of villain to see adapted as like a very brief reference in a live action movie. Oh my god, you it'd know? be so easy. Exactly. Yeah. Just just like a very quick reference or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be cool. I love it. The other face, I just love uh Jessica's diamonds are a girl's best friend look. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. like my favorite emoji, or I guess not emoji, emoticon. Yeah, the kind of sh- it's like, the like yeah, because she's it's kind of like shrug. a shrug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the shrug, like amongst a bunch of diamonds and gems. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's great. Oh boy, can you imagine? Like, there are people in this world now who have. I mean, they're all rich as hell, but who have like moon diamonds? Like, uh, oh yes, it's a moon diamond. Oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, I know that these are all like technically in like they're now property of, I guess, the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. But like, what are they going to do with them? Right. I, mean, I guess you can make tools out of diamonds. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe don't they're going to advance technology with these moon diamonds. Sure. It's optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Or just sell them and then have more money for uh, defense in, in addition to for the defense, race, baby. <laughs> in addition to the massive defense budget that they have. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool hate that we ended there uh <laughs> you ended there i was optimistic <laughs> they're making cool futuristic tools yeah. out of moon diamonds hey you know what and also already... man wolf is out there somewhere now i like that i like that idea yeah maybe one of these uh <laughs> maybe one of these moon diamonds is going to turn jessica into a werewolf 
Yeah, wouldn't that be wild? That would be interesting. This show would never do that. No, that's a little too far-fetched. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you uh, just can't get enough of us and can't wait one more week to find out what we're referencing, don't worry. There's plenty more of us over on Patreon uh, approaching like 100 pieces of content, I think. Like, I think we've... I think it's surpassed that. Are we over a hundred extra uh, podcast? Ep- I don't know. No, I'm not I'm even sure. sure. I think we, I think we were been over a hundred for a while. Oh I can look gosh. very easily uh, on my phone because so if you much. add the Patreon RSS feed to your podcast player, then all of those episodes are on there. And, and you just subtract the number of main episodes. Yeah, there's 238 currently on there. Yeah, that's it's, over a hundred because yeah. this we are currently recording 129. Yeah, so. Cool, so it's about 100. 100. That's wild. Okay, so if you want more of us, you can get 100 more episodes of various things, be it comics, movies, video games, uh, whatever, uh, sometimes special topics like unmade films and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can find all of that stuff at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Uh, there's a lot over there and most of it is accessible at just one dollar yeah and a lot of it is uh if you if you just want to kind of have a taste of some of our patreon stuff we do have a a number of things that are unlocked as well taste test yeah tasting menu when you go to pay when you go to the patreon there's actually a little link at the top um that says unlocked for all friends like among like the different categories that are sort of featured and that one is all of our free episodes that does have like the amas that are unlocked but also Mm -hmm. any like after dark commentaries because we're now unlocking all of our old episodes each month so our earliest after dark commentaries are going to be unlocked uh, more and more every month there's some spider bites that are unlocked as well you can definitely get a taste but there's a lot of stuff that won't necessarily be unlocked anytime soon so like i said for just one dollar a month you can get everything else taste testing menu try it out see if it's good if you like it even a little bit sign up yeah sure it's the best way to tell us you like us uh and what we're doing so absolutely absolutely uh you can also check out our discord uh there should be a link in the show notes but if you can't find it uh just let us know or just search walloping web snappers i am quite confident people have found our discord just by searching for us um so it shouldn't be too tough to find we've got the uh the Google search terms pretty locked down at this point on walloping web snappers. Love it. <laughs> I mean, it's not all us, but like we're pretty up there. You also can find Derek and me all over the place. Just doing our thing. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast gimmicks, which looks at high concept structure, breaking experimental gimmick episodes of television uh, with a new show and guest every single week. And you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts or you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at gimmicks pod. What about you, Doug? Find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another Four-Eyed Radio Network podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast uh, where I have different guests every week to talk about all sorts of Pokemon things. And we just started, uh, within the past couple weeks, a new project called the Varroa Project where we're building a region uh, together. It's like an ongoing improv like collaborative world building thing that I'm very excited about. So check mm-hmm. that out. It's so um, cool. I'm so excited to see where that goes. <laughs> Me too. Cause I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. That's part of the fun. <laughs> And then if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called novel gaming where my friends Katie and Vicky and I catch up on all the media we've been consuming pretty much. You can also get more of Walloping Web Snappers, or I guess all of Walloping Web Snappers, on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at 
wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too and they just haven't heard of us yet. Uh, and those those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Next week, it is Spider-Woman versus a cavalcade of classic horror monsters in Dracula's Revenge. Ooh. <laughs> See you then.